the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Better Life with Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Join Dr. Pinkston today as she teaches you how an integrative approach to health, combining holistic and contemporary medical information, can lead you to The Better Life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Hey, good morning. Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston here. And I, you know me too, lately have had a lot of great people on the show. I think when I started in radio, I was initially trying to start out doing a lot of great topics about medicine, whatnot. And then all of a sudden, it turned into having some wonderful people on the show. And today, I'm so excited. I have Kyle Sinclair, who is with me, who has a multifactorial life. He has got so much going on and so interesting. But of course, this is a medical show. So I am, you know, highlighting a lot of different things about uh, what Mr. Sinclair is getting accomplished in the medical realm, which is a lot. And he's also a up and coming congressional candidate. So very excited about that, too. Thank you. So yeah. And in that, I know that, you know, we were talking a few minutes before Mm -hmm. all this got started. Welcome, by the way. Thank you. Um, about so many different aspects of medical care and things that uh, you're involved in. And so give a, give us a, a, a minute talk here about who you are and what's, what's going on in your world. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having will me. Will it fit in a minute? Uh, yeah, it'll fit in a minute. We'll <laughs> get it. We'll get it. So, you know, I will tell you, I, I started um, healthcare and graduated from Weber State up in Ogden, Utah with a bachelor's of health administration and then had a minor military science. So I did uh, military uh, commissioned as an officer for a medical service corps, spent some time in the military, um, and then worked in the industry for about 10 years and eventually got my master's in health administration. Found my way f- doing some business development and operations. So I have a lot of, you know, sales background, which there's a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of sales involved in healthcare. Absolutely. So um, eventually went into operations and became CEO of, of a couple of hospitals. Currently, I'm the CEO for Warm Springs Thousand Oaks, which is a rehab hospital. Right. Um, kind of interesting. I've been there for about 14 months and I've loved uh, what they do. So yes. been experienced through COVID and I'm sure we'll talk about COVID oh, yeah. through this program. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that's in a nutshell. Like I said, I think I was sharing with you earlier that I have uh, eight kids. We're a blended family. So <laughs> so it's eight kids. My wife had three. I had three, and we had two together. Right. So Learned. beautiful family, and I spent a lot of time in the community. Absolutely. And your yeah. wife, you said, was a nurse practitioner? Yeah, my wife's a family nurse practitioner. Right. Um, her calling life is hospice. She absolutely loves oh, hospice and, yes. and that process um, for for them, for a nurse practitioner, they do a lot of recertification, making sure yeah. uh, patients, you know, qualify for the benefits and working closely for the needs of the patients and families. So, right, exactly. Yeah. So it's funny that uh, kind of going back to something you said a second ago about being a salesman. You know, I teach a lot of students that come through. I have over 10,000 teaching hours over wow. the last 25 yeah. years with uh, all sorts of students from, you know, nurse practitioners, PAs and, and uh, medical doctors and whatnot. So I tell them all the time, you don't realize how much of a salesman you are actually going to have to yeah. be at the start. I think a lot of doctors are, are, are terrible at it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, bookworms, right? So yeah. 
not not very easy on uh, on the sales aspect. But why do I say that? Because many times we have to talk about certain either therapies, you know, not medications. They don't sell medications and things like that, but about therapies and things that they want them to do to better their lives and and do better. So oftentimes I find myself having to even talk about hormones, you know, having to kind of sell the idea that, you know, this is good for you and, and yeah. whatnot. And so you are so right. I think that that uh, that's that's a, a huge deal. So can I, can I show one thing? So oh, I, I keep saying in, in healthcare, we're in a day and age with healthcare that um, I always say that if you're not providing good customer service, you're not providing right. good healthcare. Right. We're at that point in healthcare that is the information flows so fast and that's negative information, right? Yes, it is. Absolutely. So doc makes me mad or if a nurse makes me mad or a therapist makes me mad what do i do i blast it out social media bad ratings bad star ratings so that information get out so quickly so i I instill in my team not necessarily physicians as much but more my staff that if you don't provide good customer service you're not providing good health care i don't care how good of a nurse or therapist you are you have to have that dimension right now I'm in healthcare. It's it's everybody it's has a must. A, everybody has a computer with them. Right? Everybody does. And so, so in that too, my dad always said, you know, he was a, a grocery store owner uh, in a very very small town in West Texas, and his 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 thoughts were that you know the customer is always right. And these, I know that look on your face, yeah. I see it already. It's like you know these days, I've always wanted to instill it. That's what I grew up with. My dad telling me. And these days, it's really hard. That's a bit too simplistic, I think. Yeah. But in that customer service, I think it just, you're right, it requires a significant amount of patience with people because mm-hmm. everybody is just fast-thinking, instant gratification, on fire, a lot going on, a lot of stress. I mean, people are on edge. And you're right, they're very quick to get on and, and be upset. And so to be able to, to diffuse that's important. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts on this are. I find that the corporation side of health seems to be, in my mind, what is destroying the whole factor. So I'm a family practice doctor. I have three staff in my office. I've seen over 40,000 patients in San Antonio at some point in 25 years. And I have three people on my staff. We still answer the phone. You know, we still take calls and, and do one-on-one talking. You know, we, and people walk in the front door. Sometimes I'm standing there at the front window still. So that, to me, is something that is very lost on, you know, the corporate side. And, and it's at one-on-one. And, and I feel like that's where things turned and went went wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would agree and, and say, in addition to that, I mean, you look at healthcare in general. I mean, we, we know we spend 60% of every dollar we spend is on administration. Yes. It's a massive yes. amount of administration. I have, a, like I said, a more. bachelor's and master's health administration, right. and I still don't understand healthcare, <laughs> right? And almost 20 years of experience working in multiple industries within healthcare, it is very, very, very hard to understand. And so now you see why, on the side of the patient, why there's high bankruptcies. Right, oh, a lot yes. of financial oh, hardship yes. that comes from healthcare. Right, um, they can't. They don't understand how to navigate. We have physicians that don't even understand how Absolutely. to navigate the system. Absolutely. You got administrators in hospitals. I mean, it's a massive, massive problem in, in healthcare. I love healthcare. I sleep, eat, and drink it. But we are the best and the worst healthcare system in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Period. It's so true. And then you can start diving into multiple sectors of why, but we, we literally are the best and the worst system. Right. We're the most expensive. Right. Around the world. Absolutely. I mean, we spend 17% of our GDP, which is like $7 trillion a year. Right. I mean, it's just an exorbitant amount of money 
I mean, we're not the best. We don't have the best outcomes. Right. I mean, we got to be honest. Right. We're not. Right. It's, it's backwards and lowers. I think that, too, some of what is lost upon me with with patients is that I think now the way we're trained and the way we're, we're you know, we envision trying to, to work with patients about their health, it's more of an algorithm or recipe-based yeah. uh, system where, and I bet your wife uh, uh, definitely can speak to this as well, that, you know, a patient sits in front of me, I've got 10 minutes with them mm-hmm. to figure out their entire life and what they're going through. They've got a lot of things they want to talk about. But i got to treat their cholesterol, so I just check the boxes here and then yeah. write the prescription out the door. Yeah. And I've, I've fought that for all 25 years, trying to make sure that patients don't feel that way when they're in. And not to, not, and teach nurse practitioners, too, in the teaching that th- there's still an art about medicine. Don't forget yeah. that there's people sitting yeah. in front of you, yeah. sit and listen to them long enough. They're going to tell you what's wrong with them. But stop checking the boxes and just understand what's going on with them. And, and there is no recipe to it. I know we've got guidelines. I know we've got a lot of those things, but just keep remembering there's a human in front of you that, yeah. you know, you've got to think about, not just that, check off and run out the door. Oh man, that, that's so, I mean, I went to my physician last week and literally spent 20 minutes with him, which I, I walked away and told my wife, I was like, I can't remember the last time I spent that much time with my personal physician. Right. Um, and, and most average are like two to five minutes right. on the <laughs> primary care because the, the, the individual primary care physician is a dying breed. You and I were talking yes. about that before the show. And um, in order to maintain the low revenue reimbursement the physician gets, they've got to increase their volume. Absolutely. The only way to increase your volume is to spend less time per patient. Right. And we create this scenario where now you're chasing insurance authorizations, your chain. I mean, they get denial rates just as much as we do. Yeah, I, that's I'll, true. I'll tell you my, my <laughs> personal opinion. I think the insurance has too much power. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have fought with physicians. This is the right thing. Kyle, I agree with it, but they're not going to prove it. Right. Right. I mean, that's, so, that, that's it in a nutshell. You, you just hit it right on the head. The, I think that's what I have fought the most over time is trying to stay independent as a solo practitioner. Yeah. And it's based on being a patient advocate yeah. and fighting the insurance industry. I know why we have it. I understand the cost of medicine, blah, blah, blah. I got thrown off of a uh, Medicare Advantage plan because I was spending too much money. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, patient needs a CT scan. I'm sorry. I, I don't really want to put that in my pocket while they're dying of some tumor in their mm-hmm. belly. And, and I'm sorry. I'm just mm-hmm. not going to do it that way. So that's it. I'm off. And it's sad that we have to focus on, on medicine in that direction. You're right about two, spending, having to spend a few minutes with patients. I have spent most of the time about five to six times a day. I see probably, I guess, 21, 22 patients a day because I, if I do more than that, then I am a two-minute dot and I yeah. can't do that. So I, there are many patients I'll spend 45, 50 minutes with. Love it. And a lot of times I'll see, I know one of my long time patients are there because they bring their knitting or their book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that people wait on me all that long, but they'll bring their knitting or their book or something. And they know they are going to get their time with me. And yeah. they're okay with that because yeah. I won't run out on that. But how do we, how do we solve that now that we've got it? How do we solve it? That's a, that's a really Loaded question. Loaded question, <laughs> complicated question with a lot of factors. I don't know if we're we on the show. <laughs> right, right. Um, I think there's a lot of aspects that need to be fixed um, in order to help with that. And I think, un- and partly why I'm running for Congress is we need to be able to fix it. Right. And it starts at the legislative level. Mm-hmm. 
um, some of the regulations that come across that are coming down are people that have never been in the industry, have never worked in the industry, have never stepped foot in the right. hospital, have never worked there or, or sat with a patient. Or even been sick. Or, or, or possibly even been it, sick. Right? Absolutely. Or, or, you know, they have a different set. So I, I would say that's part of why I'm running. I, and again, I'm not trying to get pol- political, but that's probably why I'm running is, yes. is we need people who have sat in the seat, who have lived it, who have spent hours upon hours fighting for what's right, right to try to do what's little money we get to be able to take care of patients right. and that's impacting the industry. So I would say that's number one and that's a whole nother subject, a whole nother time, right. Right. but uh, you got to start at the top and, and work and your work way down. Because right so I, I really do think, and I know hundreds of physicians in San Antonio, they do at their heart love healthcare. They went into healthcare to treat patients and right. to take care of patients. Right. They didn't get into it to come rich. They didn't get no. into it to yeah. spend a, you know exuberant amount of energy and hours away from their family. No, they got it because that's their calling. Yes. Um, and, and I don't think that's gone as a, as an industry. Well, I don't think disappearing. you are seeing a lot of physicians burnout. leaving. It is, but, burnout. but it's, I think it's more the administrative burnout, right? They're out tired there. of the denials. They're tired yes. of being pushed to practice the way they don't want to practice. Exactly. Right. They're forced to do tests in order to get reimbursed. They're for it's so I can go it on is. and on, but yeah. that's, that's the shift you're seeing the power in the insurance is impacting the physician on yeah. how they, direct care absolutely and then the rest of us like myself or administrator we live with them we've got to figure out yeah and i you know the um when i sit with patients actually i i'm a a solo practitioner still i haven't haven't sold out yet great for you that's awesome (laughs) it's hard i'm telling you i'm pretty tired and and burnout is is affecting me as well but you know, I sit with a patient. Uh, oftentimes, they'll say something about you know, well, I, I you know, my copay or the cost or whatnot. And I'm like, you know, I purposely do not know what insurance you're on or whether I'm being paid or not because half the time, legitimately half the time, I don't get paid for what I do. Yeah, I do half of what I do for free. Yeah, and so nice. I purposely don't know that, so I don't start to treat somebody differently because if yeah. you think, I mean, it, it affects everybody. If you think that, well, I'm not going to get paid for this anyway, you know, sometimes you might cut things short or whatnot. So I purposely shield myself around that. Not that I don't watch my money. I have to, but, you know, shield myself away from that because that, that is it. You really don't realize how many doctors half the time do not get paid for what yeah. they do. It's in, And sometimes it's $20, $30 for that 45 minutes that I sat I, with somebody. I, I all day long, physicians talk <laughs> <Right>. to <laughs> share the, the stresses. And, I mean, that's why they join these big practices because they've got to over they have, they, to. they have to cover some of the cost of, not being able to do tests or not being able to do X, Y, and Z or needing to do stuff. So exactly. um, it's, yeah, it's, it's it, a tough one. It's a tough. Like you said, it's the best, we have the best healthcare in the world. I mean, you have the best access to it. You have the best, um, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, it's literally, it's the best broken system we've ever had, right? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's a quote. I mean, right Obama, Obama started to, to try to shift and change, which I'm grateful for. There's a lot of, you know, impacts that factors that, you know, that we need to fix even from the Obama standpoint, but he did a start of it. Right. Uh, President, you know, President Trump put in the price transparency without a lot of meat behind it. So mm-hmm. that never got a lot of traction. I think uh, price transparency is huge. We've right. got to know how much. I mean, yes. I can walk into get a knee replacement. They tell me it's one price and they get a massive bill when I get home. Right. 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 You got to able- pay the doctor. You yeah. got to pay the hospital. Yeah. You got to pay the anesthesiologist. Yeah. You got to pay the rehab facility yeah. and the, and it all separately. It's not like one, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's uh, it that's if you've met your copay, right? So <laughs> or your deductible, or your deductible for sure. copay. So, yeah, oh, so it's, so it's complicated. It is. It's very very complicated. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's we've got to fix it. Yes. We've got to fix it. Yeah. We have a beautiful medical community here in San Antonio. It's the number one industry in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. We have great healthcare providers. We got great hospitals. Um, it's a great thing in San Antonio. 
Yes. And being the seventh largest city in the United States and second in Texas and a, a huge economy, it's just we've got to work together. And unfortunately, it's not just at the local level. No, no, so. it is. It's going to take a lot. And I hope at some point we don't see the primary care and the solo practitioner you know, completely disappear, but I'm, I'm seeing you know, it fall off the face of the earth these days. That, that's so interesting scary. you say that because you, you look at, you know, when I was doing my master's health administration, we started looking at f- versions of socialism or, or social health care, right? So a big governmental paid system. But it's interesting is the difference is they put a lot of emphasis on general practice, GPs, mm-hmm. our primary care GP to them, and preventive maintenance. Right. So I will tell you, number one, insurance is a big thing for me. I love insurance. I have insurance as needed. Right. The problem is the community we use insurance completely wrong in healthcare. Right. Completely right. wrong. That's interesting. So we don't use car insurance to go fix our tire, to go change the oil, to change right. our wiper blades. Right. right. We use car insurance at a catastrophic. That's it. Right. That's it. But for healthcare insurance, we use it for everything: sniffle, rain nose, bleeding, ER. Yeah. Everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that also drives up the price as people are uneducated, the community is uneducated right. where to go. Exactly, and do that. So. And they use the ER as a primary care that physician or a clinic. <laughs> that is so true. And the so. price goes up. So, I do think that burden needs to be passed on to the um, to the recipient of the insurance. If you're going to go for a sprained ankle to the ER, right. which costs thousands of dollars, you need to take some of that burden. Yeah. You will change their behavior. That is so. That's so interesting. You say I tell patients all the time they'll come in uh, from the uh, from the emergency room and say, "Well, they didn't do anything for you." I'm like, you know, they are there to make sure that you're not dying right now. Absolutely. It's my job to work it out. So Absolutely. We are going to take a short break and coming on the flip side, I've got something I want to talk to you about. That's awesome. Thank you. Are you tired, overweight, can't sleep? Have you lost your normal zest for life or miss your ability to remember? Desire more energy, a better sex life? Don't accept your new normal any longer. Hello, I'm Dr. Marianne Pinkston with Pinkston Medical and Wellness Clinic. At my clinic, I provide a passionate attitude and atmosphere of renewed hope and a refreshing combination of holistic and contemporary medicine. I will redesign your health as a specialist of natural hormone replacement therapy, weight loss, chronic disease management, and health and wellness, taking the term primary care physician to a new level with 21 years of experience and having lost 162 pounds personally dealing with a chronic illness. I can help you attain the better life and redefine your new normal and health. Please join me each Sunday at 4 p.m. for my radio, YouTube, and podcast series, The Better Life with Dr. P. on KLUP 930, The Answer. Find all my series info at drpbetterlife.com or call 210-698-7825 or find me at pinkstonfamilypracticesa.com. Hey there, we are back. I am with Kyle Sinclair today. Who is we have talked a lot about yeah. about uh, insurances and and medicine and things that I don't know if we've solved anything yet, but we're trying. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, we were just having a discussion though about the cost of you know healthcare and insurance coverage, lack of or whatnot. And um, interesting point that you bring up about um, how you know it, it's backwards how we are paying forward for things that. You know, we shouldn't necessarily need to. We should, you know, like the car insurance on the back end and whatnot. So I'll, I'll let you. You're, you're more eloquent than I am. No, so no, I'll no. Let you, I'll let you go forward. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I was sharing the, the reality of what happens when you go, say, a procedure in the hospital, right? So you have a hospital bill, then you have your copay deductible, multiple physicians add on, right? Anesthesiologists adds on. They're typically whether they're in network, out of network, um, and all the costs related to that. Um, and so the, the reality is that it's, it's very tough to manage it as a patient, somebody who's never been in healthcare, 
Um, they don't understand the bills, and typically they get a massive bill when they get home. Right. Um, I have insurance. And I have insurance, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, that's very, very, very tough. But um, when you do the process correctly, even people such as myself, I was sharing with you, my wife had a procedure, and um, we did the same thing. Paid the copay up front, paid my deductible, still had some out-of-pocket, um, got, a, I mean, got a massive bill on our end. Right. Um, and, and so I fought it, let it go, and I was sharing with you, I let it go to collections because if I pay cash, I get a cheaper rate. Right. So I was telling you as well that in uh, there was a period of time I had to go without insurance yeah. because I have rheumatoid arthritis, so it's a pre-existing condition. I can't get insurance um, until uh, Obamacare came out. I was able to then fight the pre-existing and do the uh, go on the, the healthcare market and get you know get a good plan uh, through the Affordable Healthcare Act, but still $1,000 a month. But I look back, and the amount of money that I spent as a private pay was so much less, mm-hmm. and it worked well because <clears throat> if I had something done, I was able to negotiate a cash price. Yep. So when I got an X-ray, you know, it's a two hundred fifty dollars X-ray, but if I pay for it up front, you know, it's fifty bucks, yep. and so. People need to know that they can negotiate with that. Cash is very, very, you know, just still good. And so in, in any business, cash is keen, right. right? So so for that very reason, that, that hospital, that physician, that x-ray, you know, company, they've got to collect it from the insurance. They've got to fight it. They've got to wait for the authorization, the approval. They right. might be denied. They might be, right. you know, recouped money. Administrative so, costs. Absolutely. Costs, costs, costs. It yeah. is. So again, a cash is a, a huge option that I think a lot of people don't realize in healthcare, you can negotiate absolutely. set rates. Absolutely. Um, but I would say for me on the flip side is we've still got to get better at price transparency. I've got to know what this x-ray is going to cost me up front. Right. So I can negotiate. Can you make that decision about yeah. which way, you know, yeah, which way I mean, you're going to go with it? And, and that's tough. That's tough. Again, if you've never been in an industry that's very complicated and typically you have an emergency or something health related right. going on, you don't want to turn around and fight with an insurance or a hospital administration or sometimes even a physician to get right. the best care. So. You know, I created a job in my head for myself now, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm always doing stuff like that. But I've approached a couple of medical schools, uh, even you know, nurse practitioner schools or whatnot, about teaching this type of stuff yeah. so that when they're out, they can help negotiate, uh, uh, not negotiate, but navigate Absolutely. their patients through a lot of the system. Because, I, I mean, I've learned a lot. I was there when, when the HMOs first broke, you know, and, and we went from paying a doctor out mm-hmm. of pocket to HMOs and, and insurance. I was there when that changed. So I've learned a lot. But you know, build something where a physicians know you teach them so that they can help their patients navigate all that. Although it changes every six it, months, it, but it does. And my only advice on that is I don't, I don't want my physician worrying about the navigation piece. I want my physician healing me. Right. Well, right. So, right. And, but there are companies that help navigate. They're not massively popular or right. widely known. Right. Um, but I have to. But but physicians do need to get educated on that. They're, we they're, need to know and, and understand. And they that. go. But again, they, as I shared earlier, they're you know great human beings, and their call in his life is to protect and heal ailments and mm. people, and that's really why they get into it. And that's um, part of the protection, though. It is. It it's is. being their advocate, it even is. though it's about bills and I, things like that. Now, how do I get my patient their labs? What do I order so that they don't wind up getting this huge bill? And unfortunately. I, I will tell you, we have resident physicians that come through our hospitals um, from UT Health, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so rehab physicians, PM&R physicians come through our and do residency. So they get exposed to them post-acute. Um, we've done some in-services for UT health physicians. We've done some in-services uh, through Brook Army for their resident physicians. So as a company organization, post-acute medical or PAM health is what we're also called. We do a lot of education into the community on the post-acute services. Again, most physicians are geared towards acute level, right. short-term acute right. hospital um, versus the post-acute, the real world That's outside the most of important that. part. And there's a lot of physicians do that. And, and a lot of people don't realize that your community mm-hmm. physicians all don't go into the hospital, right? right. So you have these differences of, you know, exactly. credentialing process. That's so. another place I got kicked out, you know, is the yeah. hospital system. So I can't go in and see my patients in the hospital even yeah. where that old traditional, you yeah. know, uh, you know, you know, we have killed the last 25 minutes just insanely quickly, but yeah. I, I have enjoyed this immensely, uh, and I hope I can have you back. Absolutely. How can people find you and reach you and find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I would definitely say from the professional standpoint, they can uh, look up our organization. It's Post-Acute Medical um, is, is a website. We have five locations here in San Antonio. I'm the CEO of one of our hospitals. Um, that's Post-Acute Medical or PAM Health, um, Warm Springs, Thousand Oaks. So it's in the northeast part of the corridor. Uh, professionally, I'm on LinkedIn, about 30,000 people I'm connected to, Kyle Sinclair. And then for Congress, it's Kyle for 20, uh, KyleFOR20.com. Gotcha. And I'll tell you, healthcare is a big platform. I'm That's talking with I'm Bear so County Medical Society. And right. Um, they're very interested in what you know. What I have to say and, and help out. So. Well, happy yeah. to. Uh, the, all of this will be on my website, Perfect. so drpbetterlife.com. Every link in the world, everything you can find, it is all there. If you would like to find out more about Mr. Sinclair, and I is absolutely been a pleasure. Thank you Thank so you much. So Thanks much. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You've been enjoying the Better Life with Dr. Marianne Pinkston. For more information, go to drpthebetterlife.com. That's drpthebetterlife.com. And listen next week for The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. The term beauty is only skin deep takes a new meaning when you find a medical spa that works one-on-one with your individual needs in a safe, relaxing atmosphere. And with medical spa on every corner, why would Dolce Beauty and Laser be different? Owner Lisa Turnquier has designed the ultimate medical spa experience. Botox fillers, laser hair removal, facials, weight loss, body sculpting lasers, an infrared sauna, and more, your body and anti-aging experience is waiting. Our injector specialist has greater than 10 years of experience, more than any other injector in San Antonio. And with me, Dr. Marianne Pinkston, as medical director, we provide the ultra-innovative experience. Go to DolceBL.com. That's D-O-L-C-E-B-L.com. And contact us for a free consult and 10% off your first service. Call 210-686-0505. We are located off I-10 on Camp Bullis Road in North San Antonio at 6865 Camp Bullis Road. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.